Let's uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Any prayer requests this evening? Okay. All right. Okay. Wait a second. And and what is? Okay. Oh wow. Okay. All right. And Miss Young, what 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 were you saying? A sleep test. Okay. Those things crack me up. They hook you up to all this stuff and tell you to go to sleep. Have you ever had one? I mean, it's how how can you go to sleep with stuff all over your head, your chest, and and watching you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're in a room with a big old window right there. I I don't understand, but I didn't sleep well that night that they gave gave me one. And yes, sir, you had your hand up. Okay. All right. Your family. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this rain that we have received this afternoon, and and um, we just know that you are good. And you take care of our needs. And, and Father, we pray for each person that was mentioned. I didn't write them down. You know every situation. Uh, we pray that you would minister to them health where health is needed. Uh, peace where peace and comfort are needed. And Father, we pray that your hand would be seen and you would be glorified in each situation. Father, thank you that we can come to you and we, we come to you with assurance of your listening, you already know, and you have a plan that is best and you're sovereign. Thank you so much. God, we acknowledge that tonight. We thank you. We love you. God, teach us as we open your word tonight. Help us to understand you better. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, John, uh, Revelation chapter one. We've been through the first eight verses, and he's introduced himself. He's introduced uh, Jesus, and now he's going to get specific in the the. Revelation itself, and and he's going to describe what he sees and what he hears and and where all of this is coming from, and so uh, you know the first eight verses are really like an introduction. Uh, the rest of the chapter is is the conclusion of the introduction. Okay. Uh, so chapter one is the introduction of the of the revelation, uh, 
and and then and then chapter two begins the revelation itself. But but here we see we're going to hear and see what John experiences when he experiences how he experiences it, and and hopefully just as as we can use our imagination, if we will, uh, to try to put ourselves in a position where where John is that we might just see, uh, envision, if you will, uh, the revelation unfolding. Okay? As, as we walk through this journey, uh, try to put yourself in 1st century 95 A.D. On the, on the shoreline of a uninhabited island as he is worshiping all right so let's 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 read revelation chapter 1 starting in verse 9 if my eye will stop itching for a moment First, I mean, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, it says, I, John. So he introduces himself a third time. He wants everybody to know that he's writing this. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice with the sound of a trumpet, saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like the Son of Man clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a two-edged, sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, write the things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars, which are in my right hand, the seven lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. All right. So here's, first of all, 
it's the, the circumstances of the revelation. I, Paul, I, John, your brother, he introduces himself and he calls himself their brother. Now, he could say, I, John, the apostle, the elder. He's 90-something years old. He might be over 100 at this point. He started the church, one of the churches, or, or he was a pastor of one of the churches that he's sending the letter to because after Timothy, John pastored Ephesus. So he could say, I am the apostle. John, what he's doing is he's connecting with the people. I'm your brother. Made the statement this morning, we're joint heirs with Christ. There's not one of us more important than the other. And John is connecting with his, right, his readers, saying, I am one of you. That's what he's saying. I'm your brother. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're part of the same family. Jesus died on the cross. He is our, our Savior, but he's also our older brother our, our, in, in God's family. He's going to be our husband as he's the bride, bridegroom of the church. Don't ask me to explain that, guys. But you're part of the bride, okay? You ladies, you can understand that a little bit better than we men can, but that's the way it's going to be in heaven. And John understands that. And he's just saying, I'm your brother in Christ. But then he uses a word that, that means in fellowship with. I'm your fellow partaker. I'm, I'm your partner. Verse, uh, in verse 9, I am your fellow partaker. It's the same, it's, it's a combination word of koinonia, which we get the word fellowship from. We have this in common. And then it's a preposition for, for the word with. Fellowship with, together. So what he's saying is, I am a partaker, fellow partaker with you. He is going through the same things that they're going through. Or they're going through the same things he is. And he identifies the three of them. He says that he's going through tribulation. Now this isn't the tribulation, the great tribulation that's going to be coming. This is just persecution that Christians are going through. We talked about it a little bit, uh, not too, the, the other night, uh, Wednesday night I think, that we as, as believers, we're going to start going through more and more persecution in our lives. Okay? Around the world, the persecution is, is, is great. There's, there's Christians that are killed every day. Somewhere around the, around the world. They are in tribulation. But not only is there the tribulation, but also he's partaker in God's kingdom. We, 1 Peter chapter uh, 3 says that we are a, a, a kingdom set aside for God, a royal priesthood. And, and we are partakers in that kingdom. 
And then he's also saying that he is perseverance. He is part of the perseverance of Christ. Okay? How do we, how do we maintain our relationship with God? Through our relationship with Christ. How, how do we endure the persecution? How do we endure the tribulation? It's what Jesus has done in us that will give us the, the ability to endure. I have a co-worker that is so, so afraid of major persecution coming. And we talk about these, these people that are beheaded on, on, over on the other side of the world. Okay, And she said, I don't want to go through that. Well, you know, and they, they challenge, you know, the pictures of the Coptic Christians that are being beheaded by the different groups, the Islams and so forth. And they, they challenge you, you either deny Christ or be beheaded. And, and, and they don't deny Christ and they get beheaded. And she's, but I, I, I like my neck the way it is, you know. And I'm like, so do I. And God will give you the grace through Jesus Christ to stand on His promises for whatever comes. Folks, I'm not going to borrow trouble. I'm not going to worry about the persecution that's coming. I'm not going to worry how I'm going to endure it. I'm going to pray that I can persevere every day so that I can be who God wants me to be today in the circumstances that I have so that whenever something really happens, I'll be ready. And that's what he's talking about. That's what John is talking about. The perseverance in Christ. Now John's already experienced all kinds of perseverance. John's brother was the first one that was, was killed, martyred, in the book of Acts. Okay? Peter, James, and John were arrested. They killed James. Peter was going to be next. It was John's brother that was James. John was there whenever Peter was crucified. Or he was alive. He watched it all. Tradition says that John was thrown in a vat of oil. Okay? It's not... Written in Scripture, but it's written in history books that go way, way back. So there's sir, some things that John's already experienced as he writes this, and he says he, is, he has the perseverance. And he's, he is steadfast. I, I skipped a verse a while ago that's 1 Corinthians 9.23 that says, I do all the things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness or the perseverance of Christ. Listen, Jesus persevered all the way through the cross. So we need to understand and that perseverance is what we partake in. And we partake together with. So. He is. 
He tells us what he's going through, who he is. Then he tells us he's on the Isle of Patmos because of his testimony, because of what he has done. Dimension, if I'm saying his, his name right, the, the emperor of Rome is against Christianity. He's persecuting Christianity. And because of John's testimony, his ministry, he is sent to the Isle of Patmos. And that's what he tells us. And then he goes on, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, whenever he says, I was in the Spirit, this was, he was not as some people in, in, in the charismatic world would say he was slain in the Spirit, like some of the people that get slain in the Spirit today. No, that's not what this is talking about. It's, it's not a, an ecstatic event. Alright? It is a spiritual event. But he's in his right mind. Okay? We're not going to turn there, but if we were to turn to Acts chapter 10, you remember the story about Peter. He was on top of the, the roof in Acts chapter 10, and he began to be hungry, and he falls into a trance. And he has a vision from God. That is what is describing what John is experiencing here. He falls into the spiritual trance where he still is completely aware of everything that's going on. He knows what's going on. He's not slain in the Spirit. Today, if you're slain in the Spirit, people got to catch you and, and make sure that you're still alive and all that kind of stuff. Okay? John is by himself. Folks, I'm not making fun of my charismatic brothers. I promise you. Okay, I love my charismatic brothers. But they can't use this experience to justify what they do. Okay? You, you, you hear me. Alright? My job as your pastor is to teach you truth. So that's what I'm doing right now. He had a spiritual trance that led to this vision. And then he's on the Lord's Day. It is the Lord's Day. Now some people believe that God in, 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 in Revelation chapter 4, he, he, He's caught up. And so some people believe that this the Lord's Day is actually the great day. The, the last day. The last of the last days. The great day of the Lord. That the Old Testament talks about. That's not what this day is talking about. Some people believe. That this was actually. The celebration of Easter Sunday morning. I, I kind of like that one. Alright. I'm not going to take it to the bank. But, but some people. And, and there's a guy. I can't pronounce his last name, but he actually has written a whole paper on why this is Easter Sunday. Okay? Uh, I, I like the idea that this might be Easter Sunday. We don't know what day, what 
But it is the first day of the week. It's a day of worship. Okay? The Lord's Day. Now, Acts chapter 20, verse 7 is a day that, uh, or a verse that we understand. On the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul began speaking to them or talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. On the first day of the week, the church, the early church, began meeting on the day of resurrection. That's why we meet on Sundays. It's a, it was a common practice for the apostolic church of the first century, and we just continue. There's some people today that believe that you're supposed to meet on Saturday because of the fourth commandment. All right? But we celebrate the resurrection, and that was on Sunday. Okay? And the first day of the week. And that's what we believe. John was on the Isle of Patmos on the first day of the week and worshiping the Lord, and God gave him this vision. Okay? He put him in a trance, but it was a trance that he was in complete control of all of his faculties. And he understood everything that was happening. Alright? So, let's move on. Look at verse 10. He heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. So this loud voice of, of this trumpet Verse 11, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches and tells them what churches to send it to. What he heard was a trumpet sound. The instructions that he, he received, write what you see. He's going to see more than he hears. So write down what you see and send it to the seven churches. So what did he see? Whenever he heard the voice, he turned around to look. And he immediately saw seven lampstands. A lot of people, and we won't turn there because I talk a lot. Zechariah chapter 4 talks about the lampstand that has seven arms on it with two olive branches and these lampstands, and you go all the way back to the book of Exodus to describe the lampstands. And they had seven arms, and they, they, the olive cups, they would burn for 24 hours at a time. And, and, but uh, a lot of people believe that these, this picture is a picture of that. But it's individual, they're candlesticks. King James translates this verse as candlesticks. Seven candlesticks. Not lampstands, but candlesticks. And that's probably a better translation. Because it's, the picture is seven individual lampstands or candlesticks with seven different candles. And Jesus standing in the middle of them. 
It's not one candle with seven arms on it. It's seven individual candles with Jesus in the middle. Does that make sense? You got the picture in your mind? Alright? So the menorah, I believe that's what you call it. Is that correct? Uh, but, you know, that, that the Jewish has and, and celebrate with and so forth has a lot of symbolism in the temple and so forth. But that's not the picture here. Alright? It's, it's an individual candle representing one church in different places as Jesus is standing in the middle. Alright? So that's the first thing that he saw. The second thing that he saw was Jesus. And he saw the Son of Man. Now I'm going to turn here. Deuteron uh, Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verse 3. I'm, I'm sorry, verse 13. Daniel 7, 13 says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. So Daniel saw the Son of Man standing before God. John sees the Son of Man in the middle of the lampstands. Alright? Now remember, John walked with Jesus for three years. Up to three and a half years. This is the first time, now Paul saw Jesus several times in his ministry. This is the first time, according to Scripture, that John, John has had the privilege of seeing Jesus. Alright? First time he's heard Jesus' voice. Folks, God doesn't always repeat Himself. Okay? He does different things for different people in different ways in order to show Himself to them in an individual way so that they know Him. Understand that. He showed Himself, Jesus showed Himself to Paul. Not once on the road to Damascus, but He showed Himself two more times in prisons. Alright? This is the first time he showed himself to John. It had been 60 years since he'd seen him. And here he sees him in his heavenly body. Man, what an experience. He'd seen a glimpse of it on the mountain of transfiguration. Here he sees the whole thing. Now here's what he sees. He sees a robe that goes from his, all the way down to his feet and has a golden sash across his chest shows him as the judge and the king shows him to have honor and authority but not only that we see that he has his hair his head and his hair are completely white it shows his his eternality we won't go back to Daniel chapter 7. I would encourage you, 
I'm not going to read all these verses tonight, but they're printed. The references are printed on your on your page. I'd go. I'd encourage you to go back and read those. Shows his eyes. Look at the the here in verse fourteen. His eyes were like a flame of fire. able to judge judge rightly his feet are burnished bronze another sign of judgment his voice was like the sound of many waters now I've had the privilege of going to Niagara Falls been there a couple of times if you've ever been to waterfalls, huge waterfalls of any kind, or even to the beach whenever the way the tide's coming in or a storm's coming in and the water's crashing in, you can't hear anything over the falls or over the water. That's the picture here. His voice is like the sound of roaring water, many waters, just overwhelming sound. And then he goes on and he says in his right hand are the seven stars. We'll talk about that in a minute. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. We know Hebrews chapter 4 says that the Word of God is living and active in a sharp two-edged sword separating the soul from the spirit as the uh, marrow is from the bone. Alright? So, so he, he gives us a, the word of God comes from the mouth of Jesus. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the... And the word was with... And the word was... Okay? And the Word of God is a two-edged sword. How many times have you read the Bible that it became uncomfortable for you? You read something and you thought, oh, that, that hurts. That bothers me. Maybe y'all are all perfect. And, and y'all just read the Bible and it, you just flow right along with it. Buddy, it gets too close to the corn sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? And then the Bible says is his face shone like the sun. I wrote down Psalm 80. Because in Psalm 80, the psalmist is asking God to shine his face upon them to bring revival in their life. Now we've 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 I don't know, you know, this this spring we were looking for sun to shine. We were tired of rain. And and that sun shining, you know, whenever the sun shines on you, it just refreshes you. Whenever we get to heaven, there's not going to be a need for the sun or the moon because the glory of, the God, of God is going to shine all the time. 
And the glory of God is found on the face of Jesus. That's what John is saying here. All right? So let's, let's move on. We're, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to stop right there. Man, it, 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 I take a long time. Uh, no, we'll go ahead. We'll finish. It, it's not much. We'll go ahead and finish. All right. He describes himself the same way that he's described in, in, in the first part of, of verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. He says, I'm the first and the last. I am living. I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. What he's saying is that you know me. I lived with you. You saw me die, but now I'm alive and I'll never die again. Then I have the keys to, to death and Hades. He's talking about the home of the dead. Okay? He's not talking about hell yet. Because hell is a different place than just Hades. This is, this is the same word. If we use the Old Testament, it's the same place of Sheol. Okay? Psalmist uses the word Sheol. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. Alright? So this isn't hell, the place of condemnation. This is just the place of the dead. Alright? Jesus is def defining Himself there. I might talk about that later. Then He's given instructions. He says, First of all, he said, whenever I saw him, I fell down like a dead man. Did he pass out? He might have. He, he, he fell as uh, in reverence and fear of what he saw. And can you imagine Jesus just reaching down and touching him and said, I'm, it's okay. It's okay. And he told, told him there to write. He told him to write the things if you, you have experienced, you have seen. Write the things that are taking place today, past, present, and write the things that are coming. Okay? Past, present, and things are coming. The things that you live with me, the things that are taking place right now, but then the things I'm going to show you. That's what he tells them to do. And then he just explains the mystery of, of the seven stars and the seven lampstands. The stars are angels for the churches. More than likely, the word angel there means messenger. It's not a specific angel assigned to the church. It is a messenger or the pastor of the church. Okay? Now, a lot of people believe that it's, it's an angel assigned to churches. I believe in angels uh, having dominion and, and having, having responsibility and so forth. But I believe that, the, the, that Jesus is saying at this point for these, these churches that God has or He has, the messengers, the word angel is messenger in His hand. And then the lampstands are the churches. And the purpose of the church is to be a light on the hill. Alright? And we, we, 
we know that our church is supposed to give light to the dark areas around us. All right? Now, next week, we're going to look at the seven churches, the letters of the seven churches. Now, several, uh, whenever I first came, we did the seven, seven letters to the churches. What I'm going to do is we're going to um, try to combine some of the letters, look at some of the similarities of the letters, and not go through them as specifically as we did in the sermons before. So I don't, I'm, I'm going to try not to just repeat myself in those. Okay? So you, you don't have to, you're not going to miss the next couple of weeks of saying, oh, he's already done that. And we won't take seven weeks to go through the, those letters like we did on Sunday morning. All right? <laughs> Trying to be good stewards of, of our time and our, our, as we go through this together. All right? So, all right. Well, let's thank you all. And uh, be careful. I, I don't hear it raining anymore. But thank the Lord for the rain today. Uh, yes. Do what? Y'all didn't get any rain in mind? Well, 